0: I was home, I watched the ball drop. I assume you guys probably have seen the ball drop, you watch the ball drop. I feel like if they actually did like honest coverage of that, the news anchors would just be on your TV like, hi, we're here in Times Square in front of the dumbest people on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> they traveled the entire world, because like flies, they wanted to see a bright light. <laughs> if it wasn't for all the collective urine inside of their diapers, we'd be freezing right now. <laughs>
1: But that's the part
0: they don't tell you about on TV, is just how cold it is. Like, it is so cold in Times Square, there are women who just end up fucking dudes for soup. That happens. <laughs> it's an old creepy guy. He shows up with this thermos of mushroom barley later in the night. <laughs> and he's like, fuck the guy with abs, this guy's got soup. <laughs> I had uh, a great news this past year. I recommend this. If you know any plans next year, write this down. This might be the funnest years I've ever had. I just took a whole ton of Adderall, and I cleaned my apartment. That's nice and organized. I was just washing those floors, you know? I got like, the, I did all my laundry. I got the last piece folded and put away just as the ball dropped, and almost came in my pants. Really, so this moment. Alright, welcome back to the podcast. Those are some new funnies I've been working on from uh, from the new year. Hopefully those will uh, turn into some polished bits at some point. And uh, speaking of the news, I, you know, sometimes I try and turn it on, find out what's going on in the world, and I can't believe CNN is still talking about the Russia collusion thing. Like, I, I almost feel like if I worked there at this point, I'd be like, let's just make something else up. Like, I, I can't believe they're not just bored of it at this point, that it still keeps on going. Um, all right, pot, legal in California, which is good news for all those people who were holding back on their pot smoking. You're welcome. Now, they, they solved that problem. You're out there, there's this thing that you really wanted to do and you couldn't do, and so finally, they're, because uh, no, why would anyone do something that was illegal? I mean, you know, um... Now, what I love is the thought of all these stores having to, like, repackage everything. You know, for years, they've been going like, oh, that's the one you take if you got anxiety, and that was the one for depression, and that's the one for diarrhea. And now they're just going to be like, yeah, just go take it. It's fun. That's why we're doing this stuff. Uh, the other thing that I think really showcased just how poor government's understanding is of drugs so here was one of the laws uh that came with the legalization of marijuana so weed has become legal in california the state though has made it unlawful to smoke or eat pot while driving or riding in a car which i can only imagine like a dude (laughs) i've had this where you're i've had when you're so stoned you're driving um and this is incredibly dangerous i don't recommend this but i do remember once having to drive while being stoned and being so stoned that i kept turning on like, and this was on the highway. I kept turning on, like, the right side blinker and then merging left. <laughs> I just had, like, my right and left wrong. That's not a good way to be driving. But it happened. Anyways, I love the idea because the idea is, I guess, you can't smoke while driving. Or you can't eat uh, a pot edible while driving. Um, and I just love the thought of a guy getting pulled over. He's, like, driving on the wrong side of the road or something. I'm like, excuse me, sir, are you high? And he's like, yeah, but I ate that pot brownie hours ago. And, like you're almost better off eating the edible in the car and the, the one thing like i i think if you're a seasoned smoker it gets to the point where you can uh you know you can operate a vehicle while stoned um but on the same note i, I don't think uh stone driving is uh is any less you know is, is i actually think the drunk driving can to me can be a lot safer i think it's a this is more of an individual thing but i hate how like the The pot smoking thing kind of gets like this hippie friendly go lucky vibe whereas drinking kind of gets a oh you're drunk like all right I think you get what I'm saying um now on the note of pot becoming legal you got a lot of you got a lot of states that are having um budget issues and I'm finding more and more states as they confront their budget issues are taking this approach of kind of like we can solve it with weed and what I like about and we've showcased this before, so I want to showcase more of these stories, is the idea of state competition, that all of a sudden you get some states, they legalize it, they go, oh, not only are we saving a ton of money trying to prosecute this thing that people enjoy, which was kind of dumb, we're actually making a lot of money off the taxes. And so I think that's what's great about having government being as localized as possible, is that I actually don't think, um not only do I not think that there's necessarily a perfect solution to, um, to government, but I almost think, why not test things out? If every area kind of structured themselves differently, we could tinker with ideas and see what works best. Like, I'm kind of, uh, I kind of take that approach which is a little bit different than the anarcho-libertarians who say, let's have no government. I kind of think like, well, why don't try a whole bunch of different things in localized areas of what people want and see what actually works best. Um, maybe something will, maybe someone will have some killer idea and like some structure of government that is amazing. Or maybe some people will actually go live in a state that's anarcho libertarian, and then you'll have zero government. All of a sudden people are cooperating perfectly and there's this unbelievable growth and wealth of opportunity. And then what will happen is a whole lot of people will start moving to that state because they'll go, oh, look, that's where all the opportunity is. And then all the other states will kind of be forced to unwind some of their programs because- At the end of the day, human beings were a form of capital and states, if we kind of got rid of the federal government and um, some of the things that kind of neutralize high taxes and other things that some states do or like offering, uh, I guess, you know, public all the public goods that kind of come from a federal government level kind of subsidize what would be bad tax policies or other doings of the state. And so the best example that we're seeing of this now this theory in action, is, um, well, firstly, I want to highlight this article. This was from Zero Hedge. Look at that. We're getting some stories from places other than the Wall Street Journal. Illinois lost one resident every 4.3 minutes in 2017, dropped to the sixth most populous state, and no, that wasn't just because of the murders in Chicago. Um, It's actually because with pension liabilities, they're broke. They can't afford public goods. They probably got to raise taxes. And everyone's like, why why the fuck am I living in this broke state because of some old pension liabilities that you idiots fucking gave to the unions? Why do I got to live in an area that can't offer me any goods? I'll just go to some other state that didn't totally mismanage themselves. And you got to think about this for a second. Let's be honest. You've already given up on your New Year's resolutions. Like for me, I hate my apartment and even just leaving my shitty apartment that I don't like, that fucking sucks. So think about how much these people really hate Illinois that every five minutes someone's actually going, fuck, fuck it, I'm leaving. And so for more on this topic and states being in competition, so we have the changes coming up in the mortgage tax deductions. And so Um, that is kind of a win for low-tax states and a lose for high-tax states because basically what was going on is you were offsetting some of the high taxes that existed in those states by creating the deductions on mortgages. Um, So I want to read this article from the Wall Street Journal. Congress gift to blue state taxpayers. It's by Alfredo Ortiz. And so here we go. On the flip side, high-tax states like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Illinois, and Rhode Island either lost residents or stagnated. Pennsylvania quietly became the fifth most populous state in the nation displacing Illinois. When people move, they take their money with them. The five high-tax states listed above have lost have lost more than 200 billion of combined adjusted gross income since 1992. That's according to the website howmanywalks.com. So the point is, if you live somewhere, you're going to spend money there. And so states, they actually they need people there cuz Having people there, they produce stuff, they make money, and then they pay some taxes. But if you try and extract too much taxes, you give too many pension plans, you don't have good roads, you don't offer good services, all of a sudden people start going, hey, let's go to another state. And so I think if we had more diversity amongst the states or cities or where you could live because you let government be more localized, we'd start having some better ideas because we would force government to actually function in a way that benefited us, um, as opposed to kind of allowing them to, I guess, operate and extract from us. That would be the, uh, theory. Let's move on. But before I move on, we're not moving on yet. You better hold your horses. You better not get too excited for the next news story. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah fair amount of work goes into the show. You know, I, I, uh, I read the news daily. I try and uh, highlight the best stories. I try and come up with some jokes. I try and get Yosef to show up in studio and talk about some of the cookies he's eating. We're doing big stuff for you people. And so I want to grow the numbers. Um, and so share this with your friends. If you're listening, you like it. I think we got a good product here. You know, it's not a lax lackadaisical thing. We're not just throwing on some mics. We're putting some work in behind it, trying to get you guys some quality audio for your commute or wherever it is that you listen. I don't know where you listen to this. Um, maybe just click play so I can think that more people are listening to it than actually are listening to it, in which case I thank you as well. That's very kind of you. So uh, share this with your friends. Here's the goal. I want to, I want to get this to 10,000 listeners within the next three years. So we basically need this to grow about like 10 times its size year over year, which means if everyone listening to this now just shares it with a couple of their buddies and maybe once or twice a year, maybe we get some kind of a share it with your, share it with your friends campaign. I don't know. I was trying to think of an STD joke there, but it didn't come to me while I was saying it. So anyways, you know, if you got some friends you think might like this, you like this, they're your friends, you go, uh, hey, buddy, I think you might like this. All right, I think I made my point. Next news story. If you guys saw the protests going on in Iran, man, real upheaval in that country. So experts have been calling the current protests in Iran sporadic with no clear leaderships or objectives, um, which to me sounds pretty American. You know, either these people are uh, more similar to us than we realize, or maybe our government's actually behind it, which uh, would not be the first time they've pulled that kind of shenanigans. All right. Now, here, as long as we're talking about, you know, Changes in government, fighting up against the government, protesting. Here's a crazy story for everybody. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I think maybe it was even, it was probably two years ago. Yeah, had that incident. We did a Rob's Newsroom about it. You can ch- check it out called uh, Join the Oregon Militia. But the Bundies, they got a whole bunch of armed people and they took over a uh, federal property and they stood there with their guns. And they said that they were going to take it over until some ranchers were released from prison who they felt were uh, improperly accused because basically, from what I remember, this we're going deep into my memory here. um, But typically speaking, I think uh, people, they do ranch fires in order to keep evasive weeds off their property. So they tried to do a controlled fire on federal lands and then they went to jail for it. Now as to whether or not that was... uh, and then you got a lot of questions there basically on what is kind of considered federal or non-federal lands. Like the Bundys kind of got fucked um, because they used to uh, graze on these properties for, for a substantial period of time. And then all of a sudden the federal government came around and said that they couldn't graze there because they had to start protecting turtles. Now, whether or not the federal government actually has to protect these turtles, it's hard to say. It seems to me like federal land ownership is... As opposed to localized state, like I don't understand why the federal government is owning land out in Oregon and telling the people over there what they should and shouldn't do over their land. I think that should either be left to the individuals or at least to a more localized or state government. But I feel like you guys already know that I would feel that way. There's no real reason to even explore it. But here's what's crazy. So these people, they take over with a militia. They go in with guns. They take over a federal property. One guy from that actually, I think he drew guns on the on the feds, but he was murdered in the process. It was like national headlines, a standstill. People are standing up to the government with guns. That's some crazy shit. Goes to court, and would you ever think that these people would be freed of all charges? Think about that. They stood up to the government with guns. They said, we're ready to have a fucking fight because what you guys are doing is wrong. And then they finally go to court to see what was going on and whether or not these people should be in trouble for taking up guns to the government. And the government went, nope, what they did was okay. So I was curious to know, this seems like big news, Like what happened here that the FBI was unable to win its case against this militia? So this comes from most of the stories that I was reading about it. They didn't really delve um, too far into the details of why the case was thrown out, and they almost wanted to highlight like um, the dysfunction of government that a militia group could get off the hook for this kind of thing. That was kind of the vibe from the articles I was reading. But this comes from um, I think uh, the publication is the Oregon Live. Maybe they're not credible but that seemed to me to be the best information that I was able to find on the story, so I want to read it read it to you guys. So the government falsely represented the camera that was on the Bundy house was incidental, not purposeful. So in other words, they were uh, filming the Bundy house and then they tried to claim like that they weren't actually um, filming the house, that they had just like, accidentally put a camera up. I don't know. They were they were fucking birdwatching and it just ended up pointing at their house. Then here, it gets a little bit worse. The judge also found prosecutors withheld a March 3rd, 2015 FBI report that identified a Bureau of management agent and tactical gear and carrying an ar-15 rifle outside the family ranch on april 5th and april 6th 2014 so i think at one point the bundy's had been claiming um that there were snipers outside of their house and then the fbi withheld the evidence of that that that, that was actually true and tried to say hey we weren't antagonizing you guys with violence um but let's continue. in addition she cited an fbi log with entries that said snipers were inserted and on standby outside the bundy home Three entries in the log mentioned snipers present. Navarro noted prosecutors claimed they were aware of the log at first because it was kept on a thumb drive in a tactical vehicle. In other words, they they didn't hand over the evidence to the defense that there were, in fact, snipers outside of the property. The government is still responsible for information from the investigating agency. The FBI chose not to disclose it. That, coupled with the government's strong insistence at prior trials that there were no snipers, convinced her that withholding of the evidence, the sniper evidence, was done knowingly. She also cited at least four threat assessments that indicated the Bundys likely wouldn't use violence. In other words, the FBI itself, like, um... Did studies on the Bundys and whether or not they were a violent threat and they determined every single time that they weren't um, and yet they still showed up like in tactical gears and um, uh, well here I'll, I'll read this last part so was antagonized the family trying to provoke a conflict. The threat evaluations were made by the FBI Behavioral Analysis Unit, the Southern Nevada Counterterrorism Unit, the FBI-Nevada Joint Terrorism Task Force, the Gold Buttle Compound Impen Risk Assessment, and the Bureau of Land Management. I don't know where I read that. Okay, that was, the, uh, that was the wrong paragraph to read. So uh, I apologize. If you weren't into that paragraph, you know, there was no reason for me to read it. Maybe uh, in the future, Yosef will be here by my side to go, hey, this is a bunch of nonsense that you're saying. Stop saying it. But to me, that's super cool in terms of the battle for freedom, for all this talk that you hear from people of like, um, you've, got, you've got guns, they got an army, you can't stand up to them. But I think when we actually confront the government with violence, or not really with violence, but say, hey, this is something I'm willing to fight for, they really have to justify what they're doing. And then it ends up going to court to go, hey, what is government doing? Let's take a look at this. And in this case, they were found to be wrong, um, which to me... That's crazy. It's in our own lifetimes. We saw people take up guns to the government and then go to court and then find out that um that I, I that I guess at least they weren't in the in the wrong in doing so. Doesn't that blow your mind? To me, it blows my mind. They said we're gonna fucking fight this, and then they won. Good for them. Good. I'm I'm, I'm going uh, Team Bundy on this one. Okay. Now, as long as we're taking a look at the cops and all the crazy shenanigans that they're involved in. Um, I recommend going to read this article. It's actually from the New York Times. We're trying to broaden our scope of where we're pulling news stories from. But the article is called Fatal Swapping Episode in Kansas Raises Quandary. What a word. What a word. Who is to blame? So, hilarious prank. Don't do this, but it is hilarious. You call up the uh, 911, and you go... Hey, there's a hostage situation over at my neighbor's house, and then they show up with a full SWAT team. You know, your neighbor, he's just sitting there jerking off trying to watch a football game because he jerks off to weird things. He's got the moisturizer in hand, beer in the other. I don't know what his habits are, but then the FBI, they kick in their fucking doors with the whole SWAT team, and the guy's like, whoa, what's going on here, you know? and uh hilarious so anyways he got some real asshole out in california he's been arrested for this before and for some reason i guess he likes calling in these swatting claims on random individuals i think i think it's random individuals which doesn't make sense to me like i would think if you want if you're calling in a swat team on some random person just to kind of fuck with them i would think you would uh i think you'd want to watch it play out you know but now, you would think you're the SWAT team. You get a call about some hostage situation. I feel like I've watched enough action movies. Usually, you scope these things out. Like, if, you got, if you're the fire department, you get a call about a fire. You don't just show up to the house and start spraying water on it if you don't see smoke. If someone comes into a hospital and they're like, hey, my heart hurts, you evaluate. You don't just go, all right, we're going to cut open immediately and pull out that heart. You tell me your heart hurts. We got to operate right away. Or... It's like, you know, every action movie you've ever seen, like they get that they get that call from like the the sergeant and he goes, sergeant, what exactly are we dealing with here? You, you never see the sergeant go, I'm not sure, but I say we bomb the shit out of them and we'll figure it out later. All right, good idea. Actually, maybe with the drones, that is what they do, but you never see that in the movies at least. Fucking liberal-ass Hollywood. Well, trying to get us all rallied up for war, that doesn't make sense. Um, but every movie I've ever seen, they they call the negotiator. He calls them up and they try and figure out what they want. You know, you, you gotta you gotta sit back. They go, they, are all the windows closed? Do we have eyes on the shooter? Do do we know what's going on? You know, and in this case, I guess they would have called the house. The guy would have answered it and be like, oh, it's the cops. Yeah, no, nothing's going on. But if you're coming over, bring us a pizza. <laughs> or they might be like uh oh it's cold outside we'll just open up the door and then the people would be like oh fuck you open up the door what's the protocol from here do, 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 do we go inside um but that's not what happened in this case instead the guy he's sitting in his house from what i understand from the new york times article he's got no idea that the cops are out there he's got no idea that the SWAT team has been called in so he goes to open up his door and some guy you know some cop standing out there on the outside goes is that guy opening up his door not today motherfuckers and he shot him like a fucking idiot. <laughs> I, I've been, de- death is not funny, but the, 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 this is the issue to me. I feel like everyone in life wants to be a hero. And you give uh, cops and stuff these, these toys and these power. And you, know, you give them all these, all this training. And they're wired for like this thing of like, oh, we're, we're, we're seriously doing good. I'm sure that guy in his head thought at that moment that he was being a hero. He's like, everyone else is hesitating. I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the guy who takes out this person who just murdered someone who's about to kill the rest of his family and while the rest of these cops are being a bunch of pussies I'm going to take the shot and I'm going to go down as being legendary cuz I'm the and and turns out no you were being you were being a fucking idiot and I think all of us bear a little responsibility because, uh, we gave that fucking, I think people with toys will, will use him. I think that's the problem with, uh, having a military that can invade other countries. I think that's the problem with, um, uh, like the, uh, uh, the mercenaries that, that, that exist. Like, you have all those government contract, uh, killer people, like the, I think, Blackwater that became Blackstone. I don't know. They changed their name every every couple of years to kind of throw us off their, their, their trail. That's true, by the way, that whatever uh, Cheney's company was who had all those government contracts out in uh, Iraq, go, go. I mean, we I could Google it. I have a computer in front of me. That's why I need a producer, Yosip, on my side. But I think they changed their name like five times since the Iraq war, you know, so that we don't, we don't remember that they're the same company. Okay, um, so that is the last of the news stories that I wanted to highlight for you. And so now let's give uh, our good pal, Yosef Feldstein, a a call and uh, see what's going on with that guy.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, and we are here with our good pal, Yosef Feldstein, who apparently ate the cookie of a lifetime. Please tell us about this experience.
1: Robbie. It it was like, it was a revolutionary moment in pastry history. Um, today, obviously, it was the crazy snowstorm. So I was home working from home. My, uh, kids didn't have school. My wife was home. Everyone was home all over each other. Um, it was nice, but also, we also wanted to kill ourselves. Um, but, um, my wife decided to make a batch of chocolate chip cookies with the kids. So
0: these were these were homemade cookies.
1: Homemade cookies, and also it was it was uh, something she saw on Reddit like a f- couple months ago. Like it was the greatest chocolate chip cookie recipe or some shit like that. You see, that's and just
0: proof Reddit is authoritative. It really is. Like, if something comes to the top of Reddit, it, it's got some substance to it. It's been vouched for.
1: Exactly. So so she saw it and she was like, just, she was, she, all she said to me is like, I think she like texted me the link, she's like, just keep this like around, you know, the next time I want to make cookies. And like, the recipe was so ridiculous, like in terms of, there, it was so, so many details and minutiae.
0: <laughs> Did you feel like you were that, it, this was like you were you're in a movie and someone gave you a treasure map detailed and you're actually trying to follow okay. all the instructions.
1: And and she followed it to a T and they came out it was like it was they were unbelievable. So what what some of the instructions some of the instructions on these things it was like well, first of all, the making of the batter after the batter was made, which had
0: like some there was some cornstarch in the uh, in the recipe, which I've never seen in a little baby or whatever.
1: There's some, but mainly it was like you know, pretty standard batter recipe. Um, but then it was like keep the bowl of batter in the fridge for 30 minutes, and then take it out. And the way the the um, cookies had to be shaped, it was like take a. A quarter cup scoop, and then break that into two clumps, and then piece them together. It was, it was like it was these crazy like instructions, and then like bake it for six minutes, and then rotate the pan in the oven and bake for another six minutes, and then let the cookies cool for fifteen minutes. Like it was just all this like intricate, this very. Very intricate, very detailed and- I'll, i i as I said to you like i I let you know the second, not the second, probably two minutes after um I ate them that it was it was the greatest cookie greatest chocolate chip cookie I've ever had, and let me tell you i've gone I've made my way through through chocolate chip cookies and cookies in general in my lifetime, and it it was just the perfect. Um, balance of crisp and soft. It was like chewy and also had a thickness. It, it, I, I wish, I wish, I could have. Uh, I, I wish to sh- hope, hope to share this uh, this cookie with you in, in the future at some point. Oh, because I do. You're another page, pastry aficionado.
0: I do like uh, I do like a good pastry. What I'm shocked by is just the fact that someone actually followed instructions to a T. Because that sounds like I would have been out after guess, step two. Oh yeah.
1: If the recipe, you'd just turn the oven up to 600 degrees, and, and just put the whole fucking thing on one pan, like, yeah. so all the that spread out, and be like, why the fuck did this turn out like
0: shit? <laughs> and I would just be like, fuck that, and then I'd end up drinking the milk and just putting the butter in my mouth with the chocolate chips, you know? <laughs> exactly. I'd just be like, I'm just gonna, <laughs> yeah. who actually really needs to cook this?
1: You would eat, eat, eat it like that, and then just gone to the the nearest bakery and, and buy the... the- from there, and called it a day.
0: Absolutely. So, you do anything uh, fun with your New Year's? You have a good time.
1: New um, Year's was all right. How about yours? It was, it was mainly, uh, I don't know. It's pretty uh, um, a little different than it, than it used to be
0: with the uh, with the kids. We did a early um, ball drop kind of thing. Okay. At seven o'clock, we uh, they have like
1: something on Netflix. Or you could just turn it on time.
0: Oh, and it's like the ball drop right. Like, That's hilarious. Like a,
1: yeah, it's like a kids' smart. ball drop kind of thing. That's clever. And then, um, yeah, we watched that and partied a little. Nice, as much as we could party with uh, kids, and then
0: just so I was out.
1: I guess, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I kind of did. Uh, I kind c- of, I kind
1: of threw We called
0: it a night. Nice. I kinda went with the Yosef Feldstein plan, which was why go out on New Year's when everyone I'll celebrate New Year's when I want to celebrate New Year's. So Thursday night. All right, so, when, so I no, I just you, uh... like Friday and Saturday, you know, I was out, I, I was uh, doing shows. Um, Thursday night I, I went to see fish. I'll tell you about that in a minute. And then oh. I, actual New Year's, what I did was I took a whole bunch of Adderall, I cleaned my entire apartment. I just felt like I'm gonna I'm gonna get everything organized. I'm gonna turn over a new leaf. I put away the last piece of laundry right as the ball dropped. And the big thing I wanted to work on was I...
1: Did you, actually, did you actually
0: clean it up? I cleaned the whole fucking apartment, dude. Oh, I was scrubbing I bathrooms. It. Oh, it's already filthy again, dude. <laughs> oh fuck! You gotta, I missed my window. <laughs> yeah, you, you missed your window. For one day though, this thing was fucking shiny clean. I mean, I cleaned the bathroom. I cleaned uh, the kitchen. Like I did. I did it all, buddy. And I was an Adderall, so huh? this wasn't this wasn't no lazy job. I was fucking scrubbing, dude. But. The big thing I, which was trying to do, I was trying to come up with a new system to kind of get my stand up a little more organized. I've had a problem where I'm kind of since in the New York City we work sets that are 15 minutes. I kind of retire bits, and I've had some really good stories that I've worked out, and then it just goes a year, you never told them, and you just kind of forgot about them. So I was like, I need to do, right. I need to like work a better system to kind of like just have better storage of sets and jokes and what's working, what's not working. So. I mean, for about four hours, I'm at my computer, I'm organizing all these old set, like I'm getting everything put together, and like, I'm, I'm pulling out my hair, I'm smoking cigarettes, taking Adderall, trying to figure out this new system, I finally figure out this new system, I got this new folder, I'm like, okay, every night when I get home from now on, I can't just have unlabeled documents of random notes and this and that. Before I go to bed, the new system is I have to start cutting up some audio and, like, putting these in the right spots. And then the next morning you wake up, you're not on Adderall anymore, and you're like, I'm never going to fucking do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, that was Adderall me. That made sense on drugs. Like, that will never, ever happen. So that's my New Year's in a nutshell. I haven't kept a single, I you know, whatever. You make all those th- uh, all those promises and fuck it. Here's the other thing I, I'm, I, I've i decided I'm not, I, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up. Not only am I giving up on eating healthy, I'm not going to, I'm not going to torture myself on it anymore. Cause I realized that like for my living circumstances, I'm actually not that bad. My problem is my neighbor is Victoria's secret, uh, the vitamin shop, uh, s- s- uh um, the fucking coffee place. I basically, I live at the mall. Like, of course I'm eating unhealthy. You know? Oh, yeah. The, I literally you're, live you're, at the mall. They play fucking Christmas like music court. out here. Yeah, you're, I live at the like food like court. In,
1: in one block, like, it, where where you are by your apartment is, is a huge food court. Yeah, It go- has every possibility of every type of food item and... Uh,
0: yeah, and, <laughs> I guess. And not just that the they're, they're fucking <laughs> they're playing Christmas music on my street for all of Christmas season. I literally live at the mall. Like go ahead. You go be healthy, you know? <laughs> so that's, This was uh, I've,
1: I I've always known that the uh, the story was a little weird and you know that that area, but now I think uh I realize why because it's just some giant outdoor mall in Actual city streets.
0: Yes, I live at the mall. Um, okay, so then I went to see fish, and uh, I actually had some spots that night. I haven't I haven't gone to see fish in a couple years, so in my head I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go. I've been there a couple years. I'm gonna pick up a cheap ticket outside. I used to be able to like scalp single tickets for like twenty bucks. I'm like, I'm just gonna go have a couple beers, go do my spots, nice and relaxed, right? So first and foremost, I I didn't get a twenty dollar ticket. I ended up spending like a hundred bucks on a ticket. Like that just I was
1: gonna say that's that's probably the time of the past. When, yeah, that uh, doesn't exist. Started.
0: That doesn't exist anymore. It used to be, you just put up your finger, you walked around, you put up the one finger over your head like a devil's horn, but it was a one finger. You walked around and so yeah. was like, you need a ticket, man? Now, I think part of why I did not get that cheap ticket is I'm no longer a stoner, so I didn't show up 10 minutes after the concert started smelling dirty, finding some other dirty person. I think I was there too early to find that cheap ticket kind of thing. Also, I, I mean, think...
1: You had your shit together. Where yeah,
0: exactly. I'm there early... There
1: and, and the The market for the tickets was kind of like at its peak level. Yeah,
0: and then the other thing is like, you know, back in the day, I literally didn't have any other money, so I was a better negotiator. Now, some like it was some other kid who's like, "Well, I paid a hundred bucks." I was like, "All right, I can just give you that money." Like, am I really gonna play this? You know what I mean? Like, so then. The other thing is, back in the day when I went to these fish shows, it was a fucking free for all. The fish fans, you weren't going to tell them to sit in a specific seat. You weren't able to do security. It, it was unbelievable how different it was from any other event that you went to because they didn't check your seats. You just showed up, you sat in whatever fucking seat you wanted, and people brought in a lot of drugs, and that's just what it was. Now, this was a totally—dude, they had uh, fucking—like, I actually didn't bring any pot with me. I brought—I have a vape pen. I brought my vape pen with me, and I thought I was being courteous. I was like, by comparison, in the past, I used to just smoke joints. It used to stink up the whole garden. Like, they had to let it air out for a couple days after all the dirty fish hippies left. So they had metal detectors this year. So I get through the whole fucking crowd, and then the guy's like, I can't let you in with the vape pen, which I couldn't believe— So he goes, so I I was like, all right, I guess I'll go outside and I'll hit this a little bit. But then there was like too much crowd to push through to try and leave. So I I ended up like I was sucking down in the vape pen. Like I needed to take a dive into the ocean. And this was like a pure oxygen take, you know, because I had to throw the thing out. So I was just ripping the thing down. When I got inside, I was so stoned. It's the first time I ever canceled a comedy set ever. I didn't make it. (laughs) Oh, Yeah. And then and then here's the other thing about Fish. It was it was fun for like the first 6 songs and then my vape pen had worn off and then I was just like, "All right, I'm bored. I'm going to leave." <laughs> wow. I don't
1: think I've uh, ever experienced that. Wow. I don't think I've ever been to
0: Fish. You've never seen Fish? They're fun. They're worth seeing live. You just you, you need enough pot to enjoy it. They're not like I there're a lot of there're a lot of Fish songs that I really love, but they're 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 just they're not the dead to me. So it's like the Dead, like, there's a few songs in their catalog that if they're playing, I'm gonna go to the bathroom or take a break. Um, Fish is not that like like that at all. Like, there's some songs that I love, right. and then there's some stuff in their catalog where, you know, I like it, it. It's whatever to me. So you
1: just left? You didn't even stay for the
0: whole thing? No, I didn't. I didn't stay for the whole thing. I, I mean, I probably stayed for 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 that. for most of it, but I, no, I didn't stay
1: for. They but put I, on like long shows though.
0: It's probably not even that long. But let me tell you, that's the nice thing about like being an angry person and going to places alone, because then you don't have to be on your friend's schedule. Is like we paid for tickets. So you, what do you mean you're not going to stay to the end? Like that's the nice thing. You'd be like, I've had enough. I'm fucking leaving.
1: Wow, you are an interesting fellow.
0: Yeah, that's by the way. The last time, the last two times I went to live events, I did that also, and I was lucky enough. The last time I was at one, like me and me and the person I was with both turned to each other, like you've had enough, right? And we're like, all right, yeah. yeah. So that that worked right. out. All right. All right. So you uh you. you you had some news stories. You, you you uh you did some homework. You 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 you're following the news. You're trying to bring content to the show. And you said uh that uh Trump's been on a bit of a Twitter rampage. So what do you got for us?
1: Oh boy, his Twitter is on fire. He is. He's just tweeting out shit like it's the funniest shit ever. Uh, not to say that like he's never done that before because. That's kind of how he he came to life through his through his Twitter and the ridiculous things he says on that. But um, yeah, this this week has been especially phenomenal in terms of his ridiculousness. He uh, he had one tweet out um, about the the extreme cold and calling out the people about like, oh, we need a little global warming here. To warm, <laughs> right? So, I, 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 cold I'll... weather on the East Coast.
0: Yeah, so it's
1: just such a phen- phenomenally, phenomenally, ridiculous thing to so say because that's let... the whole point of global warming and climate change is that there are these extreme weather conditions. But oh, whatever.
0: Well, I think that's uh, that's human beings being dumb that we like to attribute reason to chaos. So we'll look at these extreme weather events and go, "Oh, it's our fault." It's almost like a human being Stockholm syndrome. That we want to be able to... No, we want to be be able to establish some control over what we don't have control over. So we like to go, oh, it's global warming and this is our fault, when really we have no control over the weather or these weather patterns in any way, and there's nothing that we can do. Now, with that being said, well, no, I think what you said is wise, is that the extreme weather of even the cold, they're claiming, is also part of global warming. Um,
1: Oh, it's it's definitely part of the the whole climate change. It's one thing if you said, like, oh, um, you know, global warming and climate change is... Is a rid- ridiculous thing to say, like, along your your first point of, um, you know, like, it's it's something that we can't control, so we're looking for for a reason for it. Like, it's one thing if he said that, but, like, he basically said, oh, we could use a little, like, you know, calling out the people who advocate for global warming, like, that this thing, is, that it's so ridiculous, like, and that maybe we should use it because it's so cold. It's like, no, 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 they, this is... This is their point, also, you know.
0: All right, so that was Trump. Trump tweet highlight number one. What's the next one that you picked out for us? What else did he uh did this, then? there was the uh
1: um the tweet to... not two, but about Kim Jong um about his nuclear buttons. Yeah, button. where he basically said,
0: "Listen, that was, you think you have buttons? My buttons are so much bigger." My I have so much better buttons. My wife is hotter. I'm better than you and your stupid buttons. Okay, now <laughs>
1: I've, I've got a I've got a golden nuclear button. My and and it's it's huge. It's tremendous. It's like it, like what the fuck is going on? Like this guy like old you know.
0: I have the best joking buttons. Joking around
1: about about like probably like the scariest fucking thing that exists. Like what other president would even you know like, be talking or bragging or... Taunting
0: you know, about like, it, right.
1: In, so, in, like, a joking manner, talking about, like, the nuclear codes and, and shit like that.
0: Right. na 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 My buttons are bad. It's yeah. like you're just trying to provoke him. I hear that. Now, my take is, and I think this was Trump's take also, is I don't think King jon has a button. I don't think he has a bomb, because as a person... Hear me out here. As a person who spent his entire life trying to pretend like he's working and getting work done, your go-to line is, no problem, I will get that to you later, it's sitting on my desk. (laughs) If something... If you're telling someone that something is sitting on your desk, it doesn't exist.
1: (laughs) He's like, he just has it kind
0: (laughs) of... That means that means that they're procrastinating. It might get done sometime in the future, a couple months maybe if they actually put in some hard work, but they're not going to do it. I'm telling you, that's bullshit right there. If you're going, don't worry, I'll get that to you later. It's sitting on my desk. It It's not on any desk. Anytime you're like describing something as being in some physical location to like paint that picture of like, oh, it's just sitting there. It's ready. It doesn't exist.
1: So you think, do you think like they're holding out on him with, with the... Um, nuclear codes and, and shit like that. Like no, no, you know, I'm like, not talking. Uh, not tr- actually, Donald you're not actually allowed
0: to. No, no, no. Yeah, you're like, you're misunderstanding me. I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about King Jong That when he said because oh, when he made this grand he announcement say about having it on his desk Yeah, that was his big announcement. He goes, "We now have like nuclear capabilities. The launch button is sitting on my desk, and so that's right. why I'm calling bullshit on that." Um, all right, you had more. Yeah, I know you had some others that you picked out.
1: What else did he say he uh then he I guess he announced a a big uh um contest coming up this Monday where he's gonna give out give odds trump awards
0: give Should odds be, what what do you think's gonna be number well,
1: one media what
0: do you think what do you thinks gonna be number one
1: I can't wait to find out like what these awards are gonna be called like, <laughs> <you> know, like <laughs> dumb, Dumbest news outlet or wouldn't it be great like, um, biggest biggest loser in like it could be anything that's what I'm excited about
0: wouldn't it be great if, um, if, if to really piss them off he did like a whole ceremony he did it at the mar Largo. he invited out the wealthiest celebrities like everything that they hate about him that he's just like he had a red carpet event for people showing up then he had the Huckabee one-eyed Sanders uh lopsided eyeball lady like actually and like they did it like a real award show just a pit like that would be fucking hilarious I would re- I would actually great. I would show up and vote from the next time if he was that antagonizing about it um <laughs> and
1: like and yeah he could, he could do it I think I feel like he just I don't know like <laughs> it would be great if it, if it was if it was done in that manner if like, he really committed to the
0: bit yeah so I'm gonna say I'm gonna call CNN's got to come out as number one and the New York Times is number two that like I don't even maybe MSNBC who else is really bad I don't know
1: I don't know. He hates the Washington
0: Post. Oh yeah, the Washington Post. Wouldn't it be like amazing if he even had awards like? And now for the news anchor lady with the most period blood of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Just like,
1: that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm. That's what i looking forward to. Like, yeah, like oh, worst news outlet goes to CNN or whatever. No, I'm excited for the the other like unknown awards that that he's going to come up with there. Now, the fuck he's doing now with this. Now
0: for the news anchor lady who should have been. Rape by Matt Lauer. She wasn't, but if anyone should have been, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's pretty terrible. Okay, I think uh, I think he had one more tweet that uh, that you wanted to highlight. Um,
1: just the one about. Um, oh God, this was also great. He uh, and it's so funny because some of these tweets, like it's clearly he's kind of like watching the news he's probably, like, watching Fox News and, like, these, like, stories that they put out, and then he, like, tweets about it. Like, it's just, there was a news story that there were no deaths on commercial airlines in 2017.
0: Right. And which, then, yeah, you told yeah, yeah, you couple, go for it. A
1: couple hours later that he, he tweeted, he's like, I've been so strict on commercial aviation, and 2017 there were no deaths. And, like, and, like, he's trying to take credit for that. Like, what in the fuck? Like, he's never talked about that ever before, first of all. Second of all, like, how, what kind of dick would, would, you know, like, he takes responsibility. He's he's trying to take credit for, like, the stock market. Okay, like, fine. But, like, that no one died on that commercial airline in 2017. And then to boot, it came out, like, uh, not that it came out, but, like, like, after he tweeted that, people, like, were saying, oh, actually, this is the eighth year in a row. There have been no, no deaths on a commercial airline. Yeah. <laughs> which is so, which is, like, it's like, okay, and he's a fucking idiot. Like, it's like, you know, like if you needed more proof.
0: <laughs> he'll take care of it for, it. like, if there was a news story tomorrow about how Mexican people were saving people's lives, he'd be like, I told you we needed those Mexicans. I told you. <laughs> It's what I campaigned on. More Mexicans. They're saving people. <laughs> All right. Uh, I,
1: yeah. So yeah, he's, he's. I think he's had uh, one of his best weeks in the in the Twitter tw- Twitterverse. Twitter, whatever. Here. Well, I guess I don't
0: know. he hasn't. Uh, he hasn't lost his touch about you know keeping keeping it interesting, keeping the ratings up, and that's oh, what, yeah. that's what he's always been about. All right, buddy. Anything else to report in on? Uh, I'm good. All right. Well, I I expect some. Uh, did you save any chocolate chip cookies for me? Oh,
1: there's still like probably a dozen left, but I want you to have th- them fresh.
0: Well, I'll I'll take a sloppy second chocolate chip cookie. Throw it in the freezer for me.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know if I'll do it justice. Though I want I want it to.
0: I'm just saying if this truly is be. if this is truly a magical cookie, I've eaten some pretty good frozen baked goods in my life. Every time I go back to uh, my parents' house, All right, fine. I raid I'll, I raid I'll, I'll the throw, freezer. I'll throw one in the
1: freezer for you. All right. No, I'll I'll take it out the next time I uh see you.
0: All right. And then I mean I understand that like on the scale I actually have
1: a actually have a present for you also, a Ooh, New Year's
0: present. Ooh, a New Year's gift. You're putting some pressure yeah. on me to go get something.
1: No, no, no you don't need
0: a reciprocate okay perfect because I probably wasn't going to so thanks for getting me off the hook um,
1: <laughs>
0: I'm not I'm not good with surprises what do you got for me buddy oh
1: no uh, you will have to be good with surprises
0: alright fine so uh, hopefully uh, next week we'll reconvene